This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Adam Cobb, who's an assistant professor in Wharton's management department, joins us here. We're talking about uh, the news last week that uh, Walmart is going to be bumping up the hourly pay of uh, all of its uh, part-time and full-time hourly salary workers. Uh, The interesting thing, the part-time workers will be getting a bump to about $10 an hour. The quote-unquote full-timers will get a little bit of a bump. It could be upwards of $13 an hour. it's interesting that they're doing this because we've seen at the first of the year a lot of states change their hourly pay requirements. Uh, so did Walmart, uh, did they make the right, well, they made the right move because people are getting more money, but did they make enough of a right move? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think what you're seeing is them getting out ahead a little bit of some of these state increases that are going to be kicking in. So in a lot of states, it's already moved up to 10. In some other states, it's going to move up to 10, a little over 10, at the beginning of next year. And so I think this was a... I read somewhere it was about 75% of their stores next year, workers are going to be making $10 an hour anyway. So part of me thinks this is just, it's preemptive. It is putting workers, you know, money in the workers' pockets earlier, which is always a good thing. Uh, But part of it is like, this is where it's going anyway. They know it's going. So why not get the press, get a little positive PR, a little goodwill with your employees, a little goodwill with your customers. Uh, to do basically what you're probably going to end up doing yeah. anyway. And we can only expect that other states are going to continue to raise it. So I think this is them maybe getting out ahead of the wave just a little bit as yeah. opposed to reacting, which they, we tend to see Walmart do in the but, past. But the question then becomes is, do we think that this will end up being a trend for the retail industry? Or will those companies that are in retail that don't have to do their their raises – Will they hold back until the absolute last possible minute, minute, which is what I think would probably have happened? I think it's it definitely possible. You did see some other big retailers over the last several months, the Gap, yep. uh, Ikea, who had already kind of preemptively raised their wages, too. Uh, you know, the smaller regional stores, are they going to raise their wages uh, because Walmart did? It, you know, it possible you could have some healthy skepticism about it uh d- depending on maybe the location yeah at the same time i guess you know optimistically and i'm not saying i'm always optimistic about these things optimistically you have a target across the street from a walmart and the walmart <laughs> workers are or the target workers like you know i can make 50 cents more an hour yeah. or even a quarter more an hour across the street for doing the same work um you know maybe they win some of the maybe they get a hot little higher quality worker. Maybe they benefit from the labor turnover instead of yeah. always losing out on labor turnover. So maybe on the margins it helps. And if so, then that would be a, a good thing. But at the same time, I'm probably, if I had to put my own money or make a, a, a healthy <laughs> bet, my guess is the ripple effect might not be as big as 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 we might like well, uh, and, and, one, and hope. And one of the things that's interesting about Walmart is that for Walmart has been trying to kind of transform 
the view that people have about them. Obviously, they've they've made this move to add a lot of the uh, quote unquote super WalMarts, where they've added grocery stores to their locations. They're trying to up their their view in a lot of, uh, of the perceptions of the public. Maybe they are doing that right now, but but this is another, as you said, maybe it's a little bit of a PR piece jumping out ahead of what we knew what was already going to happen. But that perception ends up being a very important part of the business model that Walmart needs to affect in order to be successful, to be more successful than the targets of the world, which are basically in the same boat, maybe just a little bit smaller. Yeah, and Walmart's struggling, at least domestically, has really been struggling. Same store, same store sales have been down in a lot of places, and a lot of people have attributed it to, you know, stores, you know, shelves aren't stocked. There was, you know, big controversy about that. The, yeah. you know, worker productivity, you know, this idea of happy cus, like happy customers are a result of happy employees, yeah. and they have a bunch of unhappy employees, and so I think they're, it's, you know, experimenting. Maybe if we kind of address this employment problem, maybe treat our workers a little better. Uh, maybe that helps employee morale. Maybe it helps customer perception when they're walking in the store. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, on the one hand, it's good that they're trying something and that they're and that the something they're trying isn't trying to extract even more from their workers, which I think is the move they've defaulted to in the past. Yeah. Uh, will it work? Again, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical, and there's a lot of people that say if you really want to make if you really want to make a a big impact, then the then the then the dollar amount should have been more. Right. Yeah. But they needed to get to that eleven, twelve dollar point. And, and that's where a, a, a lot of uh, the articles say that like the the union backed Walmart employees uh, have been pushing for fifteen, fifteen, yeah. and that's the magic number that they would like to see. Well. Maybe we're at a point uh, that this is that first step, and maybe in a couple of years we'll hit a middle ground between ten and fifteen, or you know something like that. Uh, you know, it, it's a process for Walmart because obviously they feel like they have the financial uh, strength to be able to do this at this point, uh, but they obviously don't have the financial strength or maybe the want to make that bigger push, like you said, to to eleven or twelve. So it, it's an interesting little di- uh, uh, little battle here that that walmart is is kind of playing i think sometimes within their own company to decide what that magic number is where do we feel comfortable but where do we think that the employees will feel comfortable as well yeah i think it's a really interesting point of you know have had a little bit of turnover in the top level of the organization yep. a little bit of turnover even in their board but you still have the walmart family who's you know owns 35 40 percent of the stock yeah. i'm not exactly sure what it is and they wield an, a, a lot of influence obviously and so i think you are seeing maybe a little bit of tension of what's the way to solve this problem there is a problem i think they've recognized there's a problem but what's the way to actually solve it is it you know, overseas expansion, which is things they've tried. Yeah. Uh, is it, you know, and now I think they're trying domestically uh, to, you know, th- there's only so much they can do on the cost cutting, yeah. right? And yeah. th- and they're losing a little bit of that customer base at the bottom end to the dollar store and, the, and these other sort of discount retailers. And so th- I think they're also seeing the success of the Costco's who sure. pay workers yeah. a little bit better. And so, you know, at the same time, there's this idea of you if you kind of just do a mid, mid like kind of just go a little bit of the way, <laughs> it winds up it, it doesn't a- end up working. You end yeah. up spending you actually end up spending more money, and you, um, and you actually, it doesn't work. And you actually get p- your customers actually being more mad yeah. at you because you do it that way. Potentially so, and I think that's the I think that's the risk of this kind of 
I, I take I kind of looked at this as like this is them dipping their toe into the pool, right? Uh, ch- a little t- little temperature check, uh, and there's a little bit of I think the risk of doing the temperature check is yeah. it doesn't have the effect they that they want, and then they'll and then the, what they'll do is they'll re- the the logical scenario is then they retreat. Well, we we tried this, yeah. and so they're, they're going to be reluctant to continue to increase wages when actually the in- continuing to push the wage increase might actually get them to where they want to be, which is you know, a happier, healthier workforce yeah. that makes the customer experience better and keep and gets people coming back. Yeah. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. We want to hear from you. Did Walmart do enough or did they, in some respects, drop the ball in this move to bump pay, uh, the pay increases? 844-942-7866. We want to hear your opinions. Give us a call now. When you look at the numbers, and we were talking about this just before we started this, that uh, if you were talking about the pay increase for minimum wage up to $10, and that was truly a person that was there 40 hours a week and, and you know 50 weeks a year, that person's probably going to bring in an additional $4,500 to $5,000 pre-tax. Take the tax out, you're probably looking at Thirty-six to thirty-eight hundred dollars a year. It's not a lot of money, but but even where this economy is still struggling a little bit, as we're you know building out of the recession six years later, even an extra three hundred three hundred twenty-five dollars a month for a lot of the people that we're talking about ends up being the difference between being able to get your medicine that you need and not being able to get your medicine. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking large sums on an absolute scale, but on a relative scale, this could be a lot. I mean, even $4,000... you know, that could be a ten, it's kind of for some people that could be equivalent of a like a ten percent raise. We'd all take a ten percent raise, right? I mean, I, I, if, if I'm not going to turn yeah, it down, I was going to say if they want to pay me ten percent more next year, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take it. Uh, you know, a lot of their workers though weren't making right at minimum wage. You know, I think the the at, like even for their part like for their part time eleven and twelve something yeah, like that. So so you, and you had a lot of people kind of making that eight eight fifty range. Yeah. Uh, so moving up to to ten dollars again, great. Any every little bit helps, yeah. uh, but is it? You know, it, it could be the difference between paying for the healthcare. It could be the difference of making a rent payment, and those are great things. Yeah. Um, but are we really moving the needle? Uh, as this on, on people sort of fundamentally being able to sort of get out of maybe a situation of poverty or get sure. off of some kind of welfare program. Uh, hard to say. For some people, maybe, because they're right there on the border. But uh, but that goes back to the morale yeah. issue, which you talked about before, is that, okay, people are going to have a little bit of extra money, but, but realistically, are they going to be feeling better about their situation as a whole? You know, going back to the numbers, a lot of people have talked about the, how the fact that the, you know, the, the rises in the minimum wage haven't met the rise in inflation, mm-hmm. which is obviously a big factor for people feeling like they are underwater yeah. all the time. Running faster and getting further behind. Sure, I yeah, think. Yeah. And, I, and 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 so I think because they're not pushing this too far beyond what a lot of the state minimum wage rates are going to be at the start of next year, even yeah. some places now, but certainly at the start of next year, where a lot of uh, and a lot of states were moving up to ten, uh, sort of slowly. And you know, there's no guarantee of sort of a cost of living adjustment or these some other things that they could have baked in, or you know, maybe what I maybe would have been a nice plan is, hey, next year we're going to do this, and then sure, yeah, and then in two years from now, the goal is to have everyone up to twelve. And you know, if and That's, if you start yeah. and if you start kind of laying out a pathway, 
of of wage increases that they're great over time then as a worker that might give me more confidence yeah. of yeah it's not great now it helps but i also know if i stick with it that gives me something to look forward to i know i'm going to be rewarded in the future because it took them a long time <laughs> to do this and i mean i'm kind of you know if i were a worker they're part of me would be like great I'm, I'm grateful yeah but god do i have to wait another seven years for me to get another two dollar bump well and it's interesting because it, it, it's it's an interesting philosophy that I guess you kind of have to walk a line if you're Walmart in that, okay, if you have that idea that that's the ultimate goal, let's say four years out, I'd like to have everybody, the lowest hourly worker making at least $12 an hour. Well, if you put that out there now, and let's just say that the company really struggles yeah. in the next couple of years, and then potentially you have to say, well, you know what? We're in a much different place than when we promised this three years ago. We're not going to be able to do this now. Then you really have a morale problem, oh, and yeah. you have a wor almost a worker revolt. So it makes me wonder if doing it this way, kind of seeing how the company continues, is maybe the best way to do this, even if you don't announce that maybe you have this idea in place. That's probably the—I mean, it probably is the smart move because it gives you options. And I think ultimately the more flexibility, the more options— at least at the executive decision-making level yeah. that you have is probably better. But from, I guess where I was coming from on the idea of, of if you're just focusing on the employee morale, if your goal is really yeah. to build the employee morale, yeah. yep. then yep. maybe you handle it differently. If you were trying to maintain operational flexibility and maintain some flexibility in your labor costs, then the, then this piecemeal sort of take it as it comes. We'll re, we'll continue yeah. to reevaluate the situation, how we're performing, what our stock price is looking like, Which, how our expansions look like. That's the smart move, right? And, and that brings up the the type of company that Walmart really perceives itself as, and it's always perceived itself as a quote unquote family type of company, even though it's a big box retailer. Uh, they have always uh, it seemingly seem like they are trying to reach the family and, and connect with that family. Uh, whether or not they've been able to do that with their employees, obviously that we, we think is more towards the other side because you have, you know, these Walmart employees that want to see $15 an hour and there's, you know, you're not happy about it. But nonetheless, it's it's a little bit of a, a of a line that they have to walk. Yeah, I, I mean, I have been extremely critical of Walmart in the past and I'm probably being a little critical of Walmart right now on the show. Uh, at the same time, these are difficult decisions. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. and, and when you're dealing with a company the size of Walmart, making mistakes is, I mean, these, are, <laughs> yeah. these, these aren't little, little mistakes. Multi-million dollars. Yeah, these are you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars yeah. uh, decisions that they have to make. And gosh, you, know, you, know, you screw up one or two of those and you can really yep. take a hit. And this is a company that relies on such thin margins. Yeah. That yeah. you know they can't, you know, you know some companies can make can can make a big bet and screw up, and they can be you know Apple can make a big bet, sure, and they'll and they'll probably be okay. Walmart making a big bet, yeah, they'll they'll probably be okay in the long run, but man, could be have a big effect on their earnings in the short term, and really a big effect on their stock price, yeah, uh, which is kind of you know has has been better, than yeah, it is right now. Eight four four Wharton. 844-942-7866 is the number. If you want to give us a call, we want to get your opinions. Did Walmart do enough in terms of the pay raises that they are planning on giving to their employees? David is in Houston, Texas. David, welcome to the show. 
Hey, how you doing, fellas? Really enjoy the show. Uh, love the station. Reason why I pay my membership on an annual basis. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think they did enough. And and I'll tell you, they really sit back and think about it. The, the amount of workers that they have that are living, you know, below the means required. If they do give them a raise, the odds are a lot of that money is going to stay within Walmart anyway, which they're going to wind up making a margin on because it's going to go for food or stuff to the house yep. that they're going to wind up shopping within the store as it is. So it actually help their numbers. Uh, personally, I don't shop at Walmart. I'd rather drive to Target, and we are a big-time Costco uh, family, and, and, and what I would say call because everybody that we know shops at Costco. But you know one one thing that Costco does? that I'm not sure you guys know. On Sundays, they make their workers work on Sundays, but they also pay them time and a half for that labor because they value their time on the weekends. Which is something that not a lot of retailers will yeah. even even consider doing. What do you... What? And, and from, my stand, from my standpoint, you know, we do pretty well, and we'd rather support stores and organizations that fit our morale. And we're yeah. seeing that movement with this generation that... You know what? It's not necessarily because we value our work. When I when I sell the cost and goods that I sell, we're not the cheapest, right? But we're quality, so we tend to spend our money in the same with the same vision. That you know, we're not necessarily going to go penny crunch. We're going to go with what fits our morals and values. Then you, you and the movement's working. Be, go ahead. I was going to say, David, you you made the statement that, that you choose not to shop at Walmart, but do you shop at Costco because of? Uh, the amount of, of of product that you're looking to buy on a weekly basis, or is it something else that, that draws you to Costco? We're, we're at Costco. It, it's like a family field trip one day a week. We're going, <laughs> and we're going every single aisle every single week. It's something that we've done for over eight years. We enjoy the atmosphere. The workers are friendly. Uh, you know, and what we say within... And I say community, it's not just my family, because everybody that, you know, we go to the house and you can tell what they have. It's a Costco thing. When you see something at Costco that you like, you have to buy it on the spot because odds are it's not going to be back on the shelf, <laughs> you know, for a few more, for a couple months, right? So that's another marketing aspect that they use is, hey, it's really good. And oh, by the way, their return policy is fantastic, right? So you impulse buy it, as I tell my wife. Yeah. But then we have flexibility that if we don't like it, they're not going to be like, give me the receipt, this and yeah. that. They're just very friendly about everything. It's a little bit like L.L. Bean uh, has been for all those years in terms of their return policy. Absolutely. I, th- I think Absolutely. I think it's I think it, I think it's great. David, thanks very much for the call. Greatly appreciate it. You know, he brings up some some great points there because w- when you think about like I've gone to Costco or BJ's Wholesale Club a couple of times and and it's funny when I go there it, it's just as interesting to go through like the food territory and get the snacks <laughs> that they have out there, the samples. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, a lot of times you don't get at a Walmart. And, and it, it's those little things that, that really do make the difference with a corporation making them successful or not successful. Yeah. And I think Costco is a classic example of a company who is in a kind of a low wage sector of the economy, but has taken a high road strategy. Yeah. Really good employee benefits. You know, ha- has, you know, Fair, like I think twenty percent of their workforce is unionized. Yep. Uh, pay high salaries. I mean, we're talking company that's like their average salary is like twenty dollars an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but still offers 
good deals to work to uh, co- consumers and has makes it like like David's talking about. Uh, it's an experience. You yeah. go, it's kind of fun. There's a lot of stuff that you won't see other places, and you still get really good prices, really good deals. And so they figured out a way that you know if you if you have you can pay your workers well, you can treat them well, and you can actually still make a lot of money yeah. and still have a really good consumer experience where they're not having to pay a premium necessarily yeah. to get it um, because workers are more productive, their turnover costs are very low, and so they make up those labor costs in other ways that you that you don't see immediately on the bottom line, but but you see over time. You would think that that when you're when you're comparing Walmart to Costco, with the fact that that a lot of times the products are basically the same yeah. that, that you're finding there. But Walmart doesn't have that that fee that you have to pay to be a quote-unquote member, that that would be a point where they would have a definite advantage in the retail sector when you're talking about the two consumers. But but it doesn't seem like that that, that difference, that financial difference, has fallen down to the employees in any way, shape, or form because of the fact that you just mentioned to the salaries are higher, the benefits are higher, and they seemingly treat their their customers and their employees better. Yeah, I think you know, like I've seen estimates of Walmart, uh, you know, it costs about twenty five hundred dollars to to replace a worker. Yeah, uh, just the turnover costs. 44% turnover in a single year. I mean, Costco, I think, is somewhere in the in the teens, like yeah. low teens, which is really yeah. low for the retail sector. Yeah. And so you can see, like, oh, we could spend, you know, Walmart spends $600, $700 million just hiring people every year sure. to replace people that have left because they're unhappy. Wow, wouldn't it be smarter to take half that money and actually just give it to our workers on the front end so <laughs> yeah. that they would, so few of them would, fewer of them would leave? And I think Costco has taken that approach of, like let's invest in our workers, and then and, and all these things, you know, all it, it trickles down to the customer experience. Sure. Yeah. And as David mentioned, and always good to have a fellow Texan call in. David, I'm a, <laughs> also a Texan, uh, and and you get people. I, I'm like him. I have enough discretionary income that I can choose where to shop, and I don't b- b- would never begrudge someone for where they choose yeah. uh, to spend their money. But people who have a choice may prefer to choose. May, may make the choice, just like David did, like I do, to spend their money in places they feel better about spending their money sure, yeah, in. And yeah. if they, you feel better about spending your money at Costco than Walmart, then you're losing a potential customer. Uh, and I know plenty of people, again, you know, higher income and can have a little bit more discretionary income, who can make that choice. Uh, and if you're thinking... Well, now Walmart's facing even more competition on the lower end with the emergence of the dollar stores, which are really just blowing up. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to get squeezed a little bit. You're not necessarily capturing all the low end. You're not capturing sort of the maybe the higher end of the market the way that that you could. Uh, And so you're they're getting a little bit they're getting a little bit squeezed. And where they hadn't been, haven't been in the past, I feel like. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. We want to hear from you. Did Walmart do enough with their pay raises? You bring up the dollar stores because that's interesting because I've seen, you know, the dollar stores start to bring in a little bit more product on the food side, uh, which is interesting because I, I see that demographic, that that style of, of store, and it makes me wonder if bringing those type of items would be successful in general because when you go to a store like that you're thinking 
and look, the last couple times I went to a, a quote unquote dollar store or five below or whatever it was, I got myself one time one of those little plug-in chargers for you know you stick into yeah. your 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 lighter in your car and you then you put your your uh, your USB port in there. That thing never worked once. <laughs> so you know you know it again goes back to the product. If the product's decent, people will come. If the product ends up being crap, people aren't going to go. Yeah, and there was a dollar store pretty close to my house. It's now like an upscale pet store, uh, but it was a dollar <laughs> store. I didn't shop there very often, but again, kind of a but a good place to get some of the staples that you would have in your house. So it's sure. a good place to get paper towels, toilet paper, things like that, which are you know these some of these consumer products, you know, detergent, you know, sure, like, yeah. like people are buying like that. Those are things that people are buying at Walmart, yeah. and if you can get it eight cents cheaper. Or oh, yeah. ten cents cheaper, and if you're, you know, if it's a Walmart, your whole appeal, a big part of your appeal is we're the lowest price. Well, and that's and that's and then now the public sudden, in general these days. Yeah, and so now all of a sudden I can go get even if it's just those handful of home staples. Yep. And these consumer, some of these consumer products at a slightly cheaper price, and I could save four or five bucks if it's just as convenient to get there. All of a sudden, like. I'm bargain shopping. Yeah. Shopping, I'm going to go there. And, and I, they have felt, I feel like part of the pinch they felt is the growth and really kind of surprising. I mean, not surprising given the state of income inequality in this country, I suppose. But yeah. if, I wouldn't have predicted the explosion of dollar stores, uh, um, but it really has been a powerful phenomenon. To the point where you had an unbelievably big M&A yeah. you know, just a couple of months ago. Exactly. It wouldn't have surprised you. I think where, where those stores will be effective, if they can be, is... Somebody like me who is, uh, you know, I'm a dad. I've got three kids. My kids are eight, five, and five. And if your kid needs something and you don't want to spend, you know, $60 on a, on a soccer ball, you want to get almost like a knockoff version, you get that person coming into the store to buy that, and they're like, oh, laundry detergent. Hey, yeah. I need that. Exactly. That's where their hook is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I used to go in relatively frequently. I'd get, you know, they sell regular batteries there. I'd get batteries. Sure. I'd get, you yep. know, we'd get the paper towels, you get the toilet paper, you yep. can get mustard and ketchup and just things that you could get at any grocery store. But it's a quarter cheaper, yep. you know, 10 cents. You know, it, it, it happened to be really convenient for me, but yep. it adds up. And if I were on a budget, how, I mean, Absolutely. I would have been, I mean, I was sad that it left in my neighborhood. <laughs> I'd been really sad if I'd been on a, on a budget. I mean, it could be a game changer just saving Save and spend, especially if you have kids, like you mentioned. Absolutely. Bill is in Yosemite, California, one of the prettiest places in the world. Bill, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. Um, yeah, as you guys were telling that story about Walmart, I remembered uh, it was one of those come-to moments where I'm, I was working for ARCO, which is uh, BP's West Coast Division. Yeah, yeah. And we, we had 271% turnovers for cashiers, and I think manager turnover was uh, – 61 percent and so we got all the department heads together to figure out how we're going to solve this problem and i was a field person at the time where i was real busy and it was hard to take the time to get all these meetings and stuff and i'm listening to people blab on for two days about well, you know we need to empower people on this and that and whatever and i i just go how much are we uh paying these people and yeah they go twenty eight thousand dollars a year and then forty two thousand <laughs> with bonus I said, well, how many of them are actually making, you know, their max bonus? They go, not many. They're making thirty-two thousand a year. And I go, who's paying the most? And I, they said that put us at the bottom quartile. And I think they said Chevron and Circle K paid the most in that that field. And I said, well, how much are they paying? They said fifty-two thousand. And I said, well, yeah. 
We got 61% turnover. I'm spending $47,000 a year to train a new manager. Yeah. We have a half, you know, half our employees are brand new staff every year. I go just in my department alone, we could save $50 million a year. Yep. And then the lady who's heading the, the group was with HR, who's basically based on how she how low she can keep salaries. And she said, do you want to tell the senior vice president of HR in a year when our peers are raising their salaries 2 and 4%, we're going to raise it 41%? And I said, just by my department alone, this will save us half a billion dollars over 10 years. I go, yeah. I don't know why you don't want to be the person to tell Joan Rose that you're going to make the corporation work more smoothly and save the corporation $500 billion a year. But that's the mentality is just, you know, uh, sort of one penny to them is one penny less to us. It's. I think it's a fabulous example. I mean, it's a it's a great anecdote, and it really gets to something that uh, I think is a fundamental issue of we tend to just look at labor costs as this is the wage that we pay people and not factor in things like turnover, things yeah. like worker productivity, things like health and you know lower absentee rates. And so when you factor that stuff in, paying workers more can actually lower the firm's overall cost. But because the wage rate is the easiest lever to pull and you can immediately see how it affects uh, the bottom line, that's the lever that that gets reached reach for. So I mean, that's a fabulous anecdote. Bill, thanks very much for the call. Andy is in Spokane, Washington. Andy, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, I uh, agree with almost everything you guys have said. And there's a caller who was making a comparison between the uh, total compensation packages at Costco versus Walmart. And, that's, yep. and not that I disagree, I just wanted to point out a difference which is that uh, Costco and, and Sam's, for that matter, their business model is so much simpler, and the revenue per unit is so much higher, 4,000 SKUs versus you know, probably more than 40,000 SKUs per location um, at, at Costco versus Walmart. And then, therefore, the total number of employees uh, is just much, much higher at a traditional retailer yeah. account like Walmart. I think they have something like 1.4 million employees. At Walmart versus um, something like 180,000 or 190,000 at Costco, and yet you know the, the those ratios on total revenue at Walmart versus Costco are much closer. So, so it enables just the business model itself. I think enables the Costco and Sam's, of course, of course, which is part of Walmart, to uh, pay higher wages and have an overall better compensation package. Um, with that said, I agree with everything else, and uh, probably just hop off the phone, and, and if you guys want to respond to that, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Thank he, you. He brings up an interesting point because the, the dynamic of the two stores is different. When you go yeah. into a Costco, you're basically looking for the stuff you know you already need. It's going to be up on the shelves, you know, in, in boxes, in bigger containers. It's obviously much different at Walmart where a lot of times you do need the assistance of, of the workers there. Yeah, and it costs – and. and a, a Sam's Costco is a is a better comparison, sure, yeah, uh, than, yeah. than just Walmart broadly. Yeah, uh, if, of course, you still see actually some of these same dynamics if you just look if you just look at uh, Sam's in terms of the wages, like they're sure. pretty similar yeah. to what they pay at regular Walmart stores. Uh, but certainly, and and they have higher margin products. I mean, you can still buy TVs and stuff, I and mean, I can at Walmart too. I think that if you look on average, they're higher margin products at, at Costco than even at Sam's. So of course, that gives a little bit more operational flexibility. So I think that's a it is a good point and, and, yeah. and one worth mentioning uh i think you know more broadly what we're i think 
by using these as examples is it's sort of pointing out like here's a high road strategy and here's a low road sure. a lower yeah. road strategy yep. and maybe they have some ability like Costco has a different ability to be at the high road yep. but we also I think given the profitability of Walmart you know 16 billion dollars I think last year they don't have to necessarily take the low road, and it doesn't mean they necessarily need to be paying twenty million or twenty dollars an, an hour. hour. Yeah. But may, but but certainly, could they be put push, push that higher and be at a at a higher road strategy than they are? Could they be at the eleven, twelve, thirteen dollar sure, an hour yeah. you know, point or fifteen like the hour Walmart people were? And, and I think there's arguments to be said that they could. But I think it's a really good point and, and was was worth mentioning. Yeah, and absolutely. And this is going to be something that's going to continue to play out. It's going to be very interesting to see if if anybody kind of follows Walmart in suit or if we, like you said, we do see Walmart in the next year or two kind of make this adjustment on their own. Adam, thanks for coming in. Oh, pleasure being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.